Hello, my weird friends. Welcome back. It's me, I promise. It's been so long, I don't even know if you guys recognize my voice. But I swear, I haven't been kidnapped. Well, actually, I have, and it's called college. Dental school is going well. I have now made the 4.0 GPA president's list, not once, but twice. I'm loving every second of it, but as you know, I do sell real estate as well, and my time is stretched so thin, so apologies for not getting this last episode up sooner. I will give you a recap of the entire story to refresh your memory, or if you were just now joining us, go back two episodes to get up to speed. This is the last episode of Your Cut Off. It's going to be pretty short, but stick around. I have some exciting news for you at the end of the episode or the middle. I might throw a wrench in there and catch off guard to make sure you're still listening. If you are new, welcome to Pocketful of Crime. I'm your host, Rachel. This is a true crime podcast based on missing persons, murder mysteries, solved, unsolved, cold, and sometimes a good conspiracy theory. So if you like this type of content, you have stumbled upon the perfect podcast for you. Be sure to subscribe, share my content with your friends and family, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. I love reading your reviews and they help my show reach other weird friends. I may be biased, but I think my audience is the coolest of all true crime listeners. So without further ado, you are listening to part three of Your Cutoff, the murder of Elisa and Michael Guy Sr. episodes as a refresher were based on the gruesome murder and mutilation of the parents to Joel Michael Jr., which happened over Thanksgiving weekend 2016 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Joel Michael was the only biological child to Lisa Guy, whereas Guy Sr. had three daughters from a previous marriage in which he and Lisa were very close with. Lisa treated the girls as her own, and they all had a very close relationship. However, Joel Michael was not the social type. He was socially awkward, as some have described him. However, he was very smart. He was attending LSU, Louisiana State University, to become a plastic surgeon, living in an apartment in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, paid for by his parents. 
Michael Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy, who had paid his way his entire life, education, and adult life. Thanksgiving 2016 was the last Thanksgiving in the beautiful home on Golden View Lane in Knoxville, Tennessee, for the Guy family. Guy Sr. and Lisa had a contract on their home and were retiring with plans to move to Sergoinsville, Tennessee to an old family home Guy Sr. had arranged to purchase from his sister. They were no longer going to be able to afford to pay for LSU tuition, the apartment for Joel Michael Jr. and his vehicle, insurance, food, and every need in his life. Joel Michael Jr. had never had a job in his 28 years of life. Now this stirred up some tension within the family, but the family could have never imagined what Joel Michael Jr. had planned for that last Thanksgiving in 2016. In my previous episodes, you can listen to more in-depth detail, but as a refresher, Joel Michael Jr. had brutally murdered both his parents, dismembered their bodies, left them in plastic bins in the family home where they were found during a welfare check. Joel Michael Jr. was arrested after video surveillance at a self-checkout in a Walmart store caught him purchasing first aid items with an already wounded, bleeding injury to his left hand, just hours after his mother was seen at the same Walmart checking out grocery items to only go home to her dreadful death. Joel Michael Jr. was arrested back at his apartment in Louisiana. Just two days before jury selection was set to begin for his upcoming trial the next week, a motion came from Joel Michael Jr. seeking to represent himself in his trial and also brought up his wishes for the death penalty for himself if he were to be convicted of all charges. However, prosecutors were not seeking the death penalty. Assistant District Attorney General Leslie Nasios at the time had confirmed she and her fellow prosecutors were not seeking the death penalty no matter what Joel Michael's wishes were. Instead, they were seeking life without the possibility of parole for the horrible double homicide. Joel Michael Jr. was charged by Knox County with two counts of first-degree premeditated murder, one count of felony murder for the killing of his mother, one count of felony murder for the killing of his father, two counts of felony murder while committing theft, and two counts of abuse of a corpse. The entire trial, start to finish, took a total of five days. And you can actually find the entire live-streamed trial on YouTube, which is where I watched the entire thing, and it was devastating, so listeners, advisory, beware, it is gruesome if you do choose to go watch. Joel Michael Jr. was arrested and booked wearing a white t-shirt, gray shorts just above his knee, and flip-flops. Now, one thing that I believe was crucial evidence in this case was the photographs of the scratches and deep wound to his left thumb in the booking photos. He had absolutely no emotion on his face, and if anything, it looked like he was smirking in his mugshot. Now, if you have seen photos of this man, I will point out the huge elephant in the room. In his mugshot, compared to the many that were taken over the years, you will notice that in some photos, it appears to be 
a huge tumor or swelling on one side of his face. I researched this for hours on every thread that I could find and not one solid answer for just exactly what it was. It could have been a tumor or a tooth abscess that caused a major infection and swelling, but in court it appeared to be smaller or to have even been removed. I will have photos of the crime and Joel Michael on my podcast Instagram. If you aren't following me on social media already, you should be. I post additional content over there. According to my source, CourtTV.com, which published the article November 23rd of 2020, on October 2nd, 2020, Joel Michael Jr. was convicted on all charges for the gruesome killing and dismemberment of his parents, Michael Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy. It took the jury only three hours of deliberation to come back and convict him. There is another piece of evidence that I have not yet shared, but wanted to share as the key piece of evidence that was able to convict this man in as little as three hours. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. Well, it may not be a secret, but... Just because they deliberated for three hours doesn't mean that it took them three hours to decide that this guy was guilty. Um, the majority of that time was probably paperwork, so just a thought. In a backpack, which was found inside the home of where the murders took place and inside the room, which Joel Michael was staying, was a five-page handwritten note. A very strange note indeed. This was called, quote, the Book of Premeditation, end quote, by one of the prosecutors. It was a detailed plan on how exactly this crime was going to be carried out, which started back as early as November 7th, two weeks before the murders would even take place. Joel Michael Jr. started by purchasing various items such as cleaning supplies, chemicals, gas cans, plastic totes, plastic sheeting, all from different stores over a period of time. In the note were written quotes such as, quote, get knives, get sledgehammer, crush bones, bring blender and food grinder, grind meat, get bleach, denature proteins, end quote. I will make note here that inside the vehicle at the time Joel Michael was arrested, in the trunk of his car was in fact found the meat grinder. Also, pieces written in the note were, quote, get rid of bodies inside the house there and my DNA is already there. Flush chunks down the toilet, not garbage. Minimize things I touch throughout my stay. Wear gloves and socks. Cut off his arms and plant his flesh under her fingernails. Use sodium hydroxide to destroy his soft tissue and soften his bones for transport. Based every hour for acceleration. Flush sodium hydroxide down the toilet. Douse killing rooms and kitchen with bleach. Place hair curler with flammable paper and flammable containers of gasoline in four locations throughout the house. Turn heater up to 90 degrees to melt fingerprints and dry everything. Set her phone to send me a text. Leave through the front door wipe down the knob, timer set for flammables, Friday at 10 a.m. 
Sunlight masks fire, but not smoke, end quote. So as you may have noticed, this was an unfinished job. At the time he was arrested, which was on a Tuesday, his original plan was to discard the remains of his father, plan evidence to make it look like his father murdered Lisa, and burn down the house and the evidence to ashes. However, this plan was not carried out to the fullest, partly because I do not think he was expecting to be as wounded as badly as he was when his father put up a fight for his life. In my opinion, I also think that Joel Michael got sloppy and realized exactly how much work was entailed in killing two humans, dismembering their bodies, staging and cleaning a murder scene. I think he got lazy and was just going to burn down the house hoping it would burn enough by the time someone reported the fire. Also found on the five-page handwritten note was a list of all the assets of the Guy family, such as, quote, Knoxville house, Sir Goinesville house, her car, his SUV, his boat, his old truck, her life insurance policy of $500,000, which with him missing slash dead, I get the whole thing, end quote. So why just her insurance policy? Well, remember, Guy Sr. had three older daughters and grandchildren from a previous marriage. The chances of them being beneficiaries and being on the will was highly probable. He planned this murder plot around framing his own father to get the entire policy of his mom's. But that's just not how the cookie crumbled for you, Joel Michael Jr. In fact, Things got worse for Joel Michael once in custody. There was another handwritten note found that spoke about his fantasy of gouging out his cellmate's eyes while he was asleep. Quote, I don't know what to do. I shouldn't be allowed access to another person while they're unconscious. End quote. For other inmate safety, Joel Michael is granted a cell to himself. However, Family members think that this was just a plot and a plan to be able to be alone while in prison. He is in a cell by himself, allowed only one hour a day outside of the cell without other inmates. His relatives have called him selfish, spoiled, and a monster. Lawyers and family agree there is no proof he is mentally ill. In fact, his half-sister stated Joel Michael is intelligent and he knows exactly what he is doing, end quote. Joel Michael Jr. is serving 51 years for each of the murders. I am unaware where and if he will be transported to a different prison since his sentencing has been so recent and in the midst of COVID. I imagine he will be transferred eventually due to the request for the death penalty. In my opinion, I would have this man under 24-hour suicide watch and not given the opportunity to kill himself and take the easy way out of serving force crimes. That is a wrap for your cutoff. I hope you enjoyed this mini series. One thing I want to announce before my closing statement is a little shout out to an Etsy shop I found named Twin Abilities. They are located out of Pennsylvania and they offer custom logo or designs on things such as wine glasses, cups, picture frames, and more. What makes this shop so special is they handcrafted the best gift for my mom, 
who just had a birthday on the 5th of this month, so be sure to send her some birthday wishes. I will be posting photos of just exactly what I had them make as a gift once it arrives. You all know my mom listens to the show, so I don't want to give it away. So go check out my Instagram and go follow Twin Abilities on Etsy. If you love the items they made for my mom, I would be willing to send them logos and work with them for fan merchandise. Just for you, my weird friends. So if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. I have one more announcement about what you can expect in the near, near future from this podcast. I will be joining another true crime host and putting together a series of Jean Benet Ramsey murder mystery episodes. Some of the content you may know, but the majority of what we will be putting out is going to focus on what the media didn't tell you. We're going to dive into every person involved in the case, their backgrounds, affiliates, and connect the pieces in a way that no one has before. As you know, the murder took place in Boulder, Colorado, and Colorado is the home state to both Jessica and I, so we hold this case near to our hearts and we want to entertain you while throwing out some new theories and seeing how far we can get into this deep rabbit hole. Stay tuned for the trailer to our new series coming to you soon on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Links will be below to my social media accounts, Twin Abilities, and be sure to check out my future co-host Jessica Toole and her podcast, Missing at 5280. Be sure to let them know that Pocket Full of Crime sent you. Also, a quick shout out to a new fan. I know you're listening. What's up, Esau? Keep on trucking and be safe. Until next time, you know what to do. Stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, mom.